This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> 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 Drives down and throws it down! This is my MC Zatayat, are you kidding me? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 159, episode 159 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a super duper weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, part of the Big Night Media team with some awesome podcasts like Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, The Marky P Show, Boston Uncommon, I'm the promoter, He's the DJ, Burnt Toast, Let's Be Clear with Kayla. It's always something with JD, music you're missing, a chance to strive, rambling with a purpose, and 30, flirty, and surviving. If you're into sports cards, don't forget to check out Big Night Breaks. They do sports card breaks every single night of the week on YouTube, whatnot, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. And you can always go down to Patriot Place and check out Card Vault if you want to go in person and purchase some cards. Timmy Ticket Tuesday, Big Night Media. Go to the Instagram page every single Tuesday. You can win free tickets to Big Night Live for a lot of great sold-out upcoming shows. And you can always get your Banner Banter podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Now, say it with me. As always, we have a lot to talk about this week. But before we dive deep, I don't think there's going to be a podcast next week. Probably wrong place, wrong time. I understand. Um, Maybe I can do one on Wednesday before the Bulls game, before the Celtics start their three-game road trip, which is going to be very important. But uh, it really all depends on if I survive or not, and let me explain. Uh, I am a Duke Blue Devil basketball fan. Been a uh, Duke fan since I was six years old. The first college basketball game I ever watched was with my dad when Christian Leitner hit that shot versus Kentucky. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please Google it. One of the greatest basketball players of all time, one of the greatest buzzer beaters of all time. Yeah, Christian Leitner, one of the best college basketball players, if not the best college basketball player of all time. With that being said, it is also Mike Krzyzewski's Coach K's last year, and uh, I'm going to the Final Four. I'm going to be in New Orleans for the Final Four to see Duke, to see Coach K, to see them try and win their sixth national championship. Uh, They're also playing North Carolina. I hate North Carolina. They're my second least favorite team on the planet. The Lakers are first, and then it's UNC. So I may or may not have a mild stroke, so that could be one of the reasons why we don't have a podcast next week. Um... Yes, yeah, so it's pretty crazy, but I'm I'm also spiraling a little bit because um, this I'm afraid I I just hope I'm not jinxing the Celtics from getting Banner 18 if Duke wins the whole thing down in New Orleans. I'm 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 very nervous about that, but I will obviously try and do my best and post something. But it's New Orleans, it's the Final Four, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I got tickets for 
a ticket for face value. I got a reasonably priced hotel room. Um, I couldn't turn it down. So episode 160 next week may not be out until Wednesday, but I'll do my best to try and make it uh, before that. But yeah, that's the update. That's that. Anyways, the current state of the Boston Celtics. Let's break it all down. There's so much to talk about, but I'll, I'll try and keep it quick and simple as I usually do. But first and most concerning issue right now is Robert Williams, a.k.a. the Time Lord. He has a left knee sprain. He left the game in the third quarter, and he will not be traveling with the team tonight to Toronto. This sucks. Uh, this is scary. And again, this could change everything they are doing. And I don't want to have like a panic attack about it, but I cannot stress to you how important Rob Williams' growth has been to this basketball team all year. You know, everyone's been talking about, you know, Defensive Player of the Year with Marcus Smart as a Time Lord, whatever the case may be, but Robert Williams getting hurt could change a lot of things, especially since the fact that Al Horford didn't play last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves due to personal reasons and is also most likely not planning to travel to Toronto tonight for whatever he's going through. And I hope Al, his family, and everyone involved is okay. That's obviously the main priority. We want to make sure Al Horford's okay. So the fact that Time Lord's not going to be playing, Al Horford's not going to be playing, that means a lot more Daniel Tice, which again, I talked about it when we made that trade or when Brad Stevens made that trade for Daniel Tice, that Daniel Tice was going to be a very important part of this team and and it could be huge because you know if not you really don't have another backup big you know um I, I hate to mention his name but taco falls aren't on the team anymore so you really didn't have someone that could help but daniel tice he's been playing well over the last couple of weeks really getting some extra minutes he may knew that eventually he would have to play they would probably rest al horford and that's what they're doing well that's what they have done but obviously al horford and his family are going through something right now and i can i hope i'm sending all my best to al horford I hope everything's okay but you know you may even see some luke cornett minutes the green hornet himself so it's going to be very interesting this is a very important week for the boston celtics and we'll talk about that shortly but the first and most concerning thing right now is the time lord I'm going to be talking about this Time Lord injury a lot because I think it's very nerve-wracking. You you know, we could break the whole thing down about he's going to he could be out for a short period of time, he could be out for a couple days, who knows. But right now the Boston Celtics are currently in first place in the Eastern Conference tied with the Miami Heat. But since they own the tiebreaker with my with the Miami Heat, that's why they're in first place. So the Heat and the Celtics have identical records. The Celtics and the Heat played three times this year. The Celtics won two of those, so that's why technically the Celtics are in first place. But do you remember when the Celtics were the 11th seed? This is insane. Like, this turnaround is absolutely insane. It's wild. It's such a great and cool story. It's been so much fun to watch. It's been stressful to watch as well because, you know, are they peaking too soon? But, like, it just hasn't stopped. It's incredible absolutely incredible they're 29 and 7 since they've been the 11th seed that's banana lands absolutely banana lands right now the nets would play the Cavs in that first play-in game if the nets win that game which i'm assuming that they would i think the nets can beat the Cavs, and i know the nets just lost to the hornets at home last night kyrie irving returned he didn't play that great he was like 6 of 22 from the field but then the Celtics would play the winner of the of the Hawks and Hornets versus the Cavs game. So the way the play-in works right now, the Cavs and the Nets would play each other. Cavs have home court. 
Whoever wins that game is the seventh seed. Hornets and Hawks play each other. Whoever wins that game plays the Cavs. Cavs have home court again. And then whoever wins that game is the eighth seed. So let's say the Hornets win. It's Cavs-Hornets. Whoever wins Cavs-Hornets, that's the eighth seed. So if the season were to end right now, you would play the winner of Nets-Cavs versus Hornets-Hawks. So you figure the Nets would be the seventh seed, thank God, and then the eighth seed would be Cavs, Hornets, or Hawks. That two seed, thinking about it, that has to play the Nets, which I am confident against, I'm confident against the Nets, but let's be serious. Kevin Garnett is the best player on the planet, one of the best scorers, if not the best scorer of all time. He's absolutely unbelievable. He could easily win a playoff series by himself. That's how good he is. So I just want to avoid the Nets. I'm confident that the Celtics can beat the Nets. Now, am I over the moon confident? No, absolutely not. Any Celtics fan that is, you know, it's okay to take a step back. But the way the Celtics are playing, it's just like, yeah, bring on whoever right now. So we'll see. But last week, the Celtics beat the Thunder 132-123 to on the second end of a back-to-back. They went 4-0 on their West Coast road trip. Bravo. Then the Utah Jazz come in, one of the better shooting teams in the league, one of the better defensive teams in the league, and the Celtics just absolutely smacked the shit out of them like it was Will Smith to Chris Rock. Absolutely banana land, 125-97. to And then last night, TD Garden, 134-112. to They beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, which was actually like a really fun game. There was a lot of fun things happening on both ends of the floor for the Celtics. I think the Timberwolves came out really wanting to win that basketball game, really trying to prove a point because the Minnesota Timberwolves have been playing well lately. But this week, the Celtics, who are they playing? Uh, Let's see. They're playing the Toronto Raptors tonight in Toronto, second night of a back-to-back, and then they have three home games against the Heat, the Pacers, and the Wizards. Now, the Wizards game is a Sunday 1 p.m. game. If you remember last year, the Celtics sucked on Sunday 1 p.m. games, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's going to be very weird. The last home game of the season I usually always go to. It's always a really cool event for season ticket holders, and I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be down in North Carolina praying. Um, I'm sorry, down in North Carolina. Oh, my God. You see how much this Duke-North Carolina game is freaking me out? I'm going to be down down in New Orleans, so I'm going to miss that last home game of the season. So if you're listening to this and you want tickets to the Sunday afternoon Wizards game, Slide me a DM on Twitter at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Podcast, and let me know if you want to go and maybe I'll give them to you for free. Who knows? We'll see what type of mood I'm in. But what are the other top four teams doing this week? I think that's very important uh, because, you know, sure, the Celtics are in first, but they're literally only like a game out of fourth. So a lot could change. And this is going to come down to the end, which sucks because Rob will be needed. And if he's out for a short period of time, or even a long period of time, that's nerve-wracking. Now, of course, having that week off while the play-in games happen can be helpful for him. It can be helpful for Al. But, you know, if Rob is out for a week, if Rob's out for two weeks, if Rob's out for three weeks, there could be an opportunity that he could miss the first round of the playoffs with what's going on. That's how much I'm spiraling over this. But I'm hoping for the best. Hopefully, they're just playing it safe. Ime Udoka did say Rob was in a lot of pain after the game, so maybe he's nervous. Maybe that was the adrenaline flowing. Who knows? But we'll find out some more information today, and I will try and keep you posted on Twitter at BannerBancher18 or Facebook and Instagram at BannerBancherPodcast. Now, what are the other top four teams doing this week? The Heat are playing the Kings at home, and then they go on a three-game road trip to play the Boston Celtics, 
the Chicago Bulls, and the Toronto Raptors. Three very tough games for the Miami Heat this week, and they're on a four-game losing streak, so that's going to be interesting. The Bulls, they're playing the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, and then they end their week with the Heat. The Bucks, they have the 76ers, the Nets, the Clippers, and the Mavs. That's a very tough week. The 76ers, good basketball team, even though they just lost to the Phoenix Suns, who, let's be honest, are the best team in the league. I know, and Celtics are number two, though, as of late, don't get me wrong, but the Suns, now that Chris Paul is back, they're ridiculous. Their defense, their offense, all of it. Anyways, the Clippers, you know, reasonable team, but then the Mavs, oh boy. So 76ers, Nets, Clippers, and Mavs for the Bucks, And then the 76ers, a pretty easy week. They could definitely move their way up. 76ers have the Bucks, the Pistons, the Hornets, and the Cavs. And they've dominated the Cavs all year, the Hornets game might be tight. The Pistons game is going to be a joke. So we're all caught up with that. So why don't we do stud and dud of the week? Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 159 of the Banner Banter podcast is Peyton Pritchard. This kid didn't get a chance at first, and he has earned the full trust of Ime Yudoka, and it's been fun to watch, and it's been very, very impressive. He started the season from three, seven of 30, which is about 23%, and now he's shooting 41% from three, which is top 10 in the league absolutely incredible turnaround for Peyton Pritchard. It's very impressive, very happy for him. And yes, I understand the defense is an issue, but he's not afraid to get dirty. He's not afraid to be physical. He can move the ball around. He knows where to go to find a shot when Jason and Jalen are in trouble. He doesn't mind attacking the rim. Now, he probably doesn't get a lot of foul calls, but what Peyton Pritchard has done since after the All-Star break since Dennis Schroeder has left, has been absolutely fantastic. Now, he might have gotten those minutes because DW9, a.k.a. Derek White, hasn't shot the ball well. He is slowly finding a shot. I wish it was happening a little bit quicker, but Derek White slowly up on the uptick with his shot, and he'll get there for sure. I'm Again, we didn't trade for Derek White for a shot, but man, does he have to hit a couple here and there. You, you know what I'm saying? So Peyton Pritchard, everything that he's doing, he knows how to get other guys involved. He knows the right spot. He's great off the pick and roll. Doesn't mind, you know, after a pick and roll, getting to the elbow, taking that jumper or dumping it in. Sometimes he forces those pick and roll passes. And, you know, that happens from time to time. Not a huge deal there. But Peyton Pritchard, if he can continue being confident, if he continue hitting his shot, that's going to be a huge thing for the Boston Celtics. And, uh, there was a great example last night. I think it was, I think I tweeted it out. I think it was in the first quarter or the second quarter of the Timberwolves game. Patrick, um, not Patrick Beverly, Carl Anthony Towns actually respected number 12 because Derek White was driving the lane and Carl Anthony Towns should have slid over to try and block Derek White's shot. But he also might have thought, well, if Derek White kicks this out, we're still kind of within reach. We can't have Grant Williams hit a three. And so what did he do? He respected number 12's three-point shooting, didn't slide over, Derek White went in for the layup. That's something that I've been talking about for the last couple weeks, that if number 12 can keep his shot going, Derek White could have an open lane, Jason Tatum could have an open lane, Jalen Brown could have an open lane, etc., etc. So, your stud of the week, 
Peyton Pritchard, congratulations. Your dud of the week is injuries. This Rob thing, I'm telling you folks, can really fuck this team over. I'm freaking out about it. The Celtics are 7-7 seven and seven this year without Rob. They've lost each of those seven games by an average of eight points, which again shows that they're into it. Now, this happened... You know, this whole 14 games without Rob, nine of them happened before the turnaround. And they were in four, they were four and five. And the way I look at it, the turnaround, yes, I understand. A lot of people think it happened during the Suns game. I actually think it happened when they beat the Bulls on that Saturday night game. I think it was January 14th, but it, whatever the case may be. But since then, since that little turnaround... They're 3-2, and two, and they beat the 76ers by 48. They lost to the Pistons by 1, and they beat the Thunder by 8. So that's a little bit of an uptick, but you really can't talk bad about this team this week. Like, number 12 had a good game against the Thunder, stepping in for Al Horford. D, like I said, DW9 slowly improving. Al played well. Rob has played well. Daniel Tice has been great off the bench. Jalen, obviously, fantastic. Had a double-double yesterday, which is, I've, I've loved to see that. Jalen really attacking the boards and then getting his, getting newest spots, attacking the rim. Loved it all. Love that little alley-oop that he caught from Marcus Smart uh, off the glass. You know, Jason Tatum is on, excuse me, is on an absolute tear as of late, so that's been great to watch. And then Marcus Smart. And oh, just hold up one second. Let me talk about Marcus Smart this week. I know at times I have been hard on him. Uh, especially, you know, with his offensive play style. Obviously love his heart, his passion, his defense, his rebounding, all of that. But what he did versus the Utah Jazz last Wednesday might have been or might have made any negative thing I've ever said about him go away, minus his shooting, because sometimes that still really bothers me. But this dude took three shots. Three shots. That's it. And he had 13 assists. The Jazz as a team had 13 assists. That's insane. He was unreal. It might have been my favorite Marcus Smart game of all time. Minus when he hit like those four or five threes in a row in the bubble against the Raptors in the playoffs. He just did everything I've always wanted him to do. Fantastic defense, get others involved, and only take wide open shots. He was absolutely phenomenal. I'm telling you, I, I went... I just cannot tell you, like I'm a stuttering Stanley right now. I cannot tell you how much I loved that game for Marcus Smart. It was phenomenal. I loved every single second of it. I'm really happy for him that he has found his spot. I I feel like Marcus likes being the point guard now. He likes kind of controlling the offense. And what I mean by that, it's not taking the most shots, but it's literally getting other guys involved and taking guys to their next level. And I thought I think Marcus has done a phenomenal job of that this year. He's find his role. He's accepted his role. You know, you could argue he's never really had the opportunity to get in the role, which is fine because he had Kyrie in front of him and Kemba in front of him and I get, you know, IT in front of him and and I get all that. But I'm telling you, this Marcus Smart game, if you watch, if you have the opportunity to rewatch the Utah Jazz game from last Wednesday when they won by like 28 points, it was all because of Marcus Smart. It was absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So this week, I'm going to focus on the scenarios that could happen for the Celtics before the last week of the season because, again, I don't know if there's going to be a podcast this week. Uh, next week, go Duke. Who do you want to... Who do you want to play? Do you want to play the Gavs, the Nets, the Hornets, the Hawks, the 76ers, the Bulls, the Bucks? Who do you want? Right off the tip, I'd be okay playing the Cavs, Hornets, and Hawks in round one. I don't think the Raptors are going to drop to that seven seed, so they're obviously going to be in the top six. After that, I would probably rank the Bulls, who have not been playing well as of late, 
Then the 76ers, not afraid of the 76ers. Like, yes, Joel Embiid should be the MVP this year. He's been absolutely phenomenal this year for them. I'm not really worried about him because if you shut him down, I'm not really worried about Tobias Harris. I understand James Harden, but he's had some great playoff performances and then some miserable te- you know, playoff performances. The Celtics defense could really give this team a hard time. I'm not worried about the 76ers. The two teams that I am a little ner- nervous about, I don't fear. You know, I, I don't fear the Heat either. I, I, I think you can beat them, but I, I'm a little nervous about the Nets and the Bucks. I don't think the Bucks are being talked about enough. I think they're having a great second half of the season. I understand that they lost by like double digits to the Memphis Grizzlies the other night, and I don't even think John Morant was playing, but whatever. But Kevin Durant and Giannis are that good. They really and truly are. But And, and, and I get the Celtics are very, very good right now. So it's the classic, can this team come together in big moments against teams that have players that won championships and have played together in the highest in the highest and most stressful moments? And it's hard to say that that they can or can't, but it is possible. So can a really, really good Celtics team that is on the same page defensively, getting 25 assists or more, swinging the ball, getting everyone in re- involved, getting confident, not getting frustrated with the refs, can... Can that team, the team that we've seen, can that team beat a 40-point Kevin Durant night or a triple-double from Giannis? I think so, but uh, I don't know. What happens when Ime goes against another good coach when they have to play them five or six times? We haven't seen that yet from Ime. Ime has made some great adjustments this year. He has, but I, I I still think that he's not completely there yet and that's not a bash on him he's a first year coach he's not going to get it all put together like you know when brad stevens was the coach it took him a couple of years to kind of get it all together so that's really like my only concern with this team against the bucks and the nets all right those teams are so good and kevin Durant has been around for so long and kyrie's been around for so long and true holiday and chris middleton and Giannis and all those guys have been around for so long and Brad was a great X and O's coach, and he could, and I think he could adjust on the fly, whether you liked it or not. But can Eme do the same, or do the players do that? And can Eme trust them to make those suggestions or their adjust or those adjustments on their own? Jason and Jalen have, and Marcus have seen a lot, and even Daniel Tice and Al Horford has seen a lot of playoff basketball, and they've seen these these Kevin Durant's, these Kyrie's, these Drew Holidays. I can I can go on and on. They've seen them. They see how they've just, you know, this, I feel like the Celtics have played the Bucks in the playoffs, I feel like, every single year for the past six or seven years. It's crazy. Can the Celtics, can Ime Odoka make those adjustments against the team multiple times? Now, going into any NBA city any night and slapping the shit out of people, they're very good at that. But can you do that for five or six games? I think they can, but it's just a small concern of mine. Get what I'm saying? Now, tiebreaker-wise, Celtics own the tiebreaker over the Nets, the Hornets, the Cavs, and the Heat. They are tied with the 76ers, and the only way that that tiebreaker can be broken is whoever wins the division. And right now, it's the Boston Celtics. So, if the Celtics and the 76ers have the same record, it basically goes like this. It goes head-to-head, which is a tie. Then whoever wins the division, it's a tie. And then whatever record is best in the division, and if that's tied, then it goes to the best record in the Eastern Conference, and I believe the Celtics are up on both of those. I believe. So, we'll keep that in mind. They have a 2-1 lead against the Bucks, and a 2-1 lead against the Raptors with one game to play. 
they are tied with the Chicago Bulls, one to one with one game to play. So if they beat the Bucks, the Bulls, and the Raptors, they all win that tiebreaker, and they literally own every single tiebreaker against the top seven or eight teams in the Eastern Conference, except for a tie with the Philadelphia 76ers. Very, very impressive, for sure. All right, let's talk about this week's games real quick. Uh, you have the Raptors tonight in Toronto at 7.30, Wednesday, TD Garden against the Miami Heat, a very, 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 very important game at 7.30, Friday against the Indiana Pacers, TD Garden at 7.30, and then Sunday against the Washington Wizards, 1 p.m. at TD Garden. Tonight versus the Raptors, who have gotten a lot better as the season has gone along. They didn't start off that great. Obviously, opening night when I was sitting courtside, they destroyed the Celtics. It was crushing, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like Pascal Siakam is finally finding himself again because I think once whatever the Celtics did to him in the bubble actually destroyed him for a long time. But I feel like he's back. Fred Van Fleet continues to prove why he's one of the best point guards in the league. Scotty Barnes, their lottery pick, has been awesome. Such a fun player to watch. So many different tools to his game obviously he needs to find a, a jump shot but he'll he'll get there for sure but since the all-star break the raptors have a top 15 offense and a top 11 defense so very impressive but they're bottom six and three-point shooting which is key because let's be honest yes i understand the celtics since the all-star break i i believe have a top five three-point field goal percentage i believe i think that's what i saw i could be wrong but if you can force them not to get the to the rim, especially without Rob playing tonight and Al playing tonight, that's going to be huge for this team. And you go, you know what? Go ahead, try and beat us from the three. And they could play a live or die against the three type of vibe tonight defensively. But we'll we'll see what Ime and the rest of the team roll out. I mean, and the other thing is they love to play iso ball. And, you know, you would love to see Derek White and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum really lock down on defense and be like, okay, you don't want to pass the ball? Good luck. The Raptors are bottom five in the league since the All-Star break at 22 assists per game. Celtics, 27.3. It's a huge difference. Now, if Gary Trent Jr. plays, he is questionable right now with a toe injury. Actually, Fred Van Fleet is day-to-day as well. you got to respect him. And I'm just not saying that because he's a dookie. But if he does play, he can get going. And he, he has played some great games against the Celtics throughout his career. So I believe, you know, without Rob, without the Time Lord, this is going to be a very tough game for the Boston Celtics. Can they still win it? Absolutely. But I wouldn't be shocked if it's a loss. And this is okay. The Celtics don't have to win every single game. I would love that, okay? But that's not going to happen in the playoffs. So go up against a good team, take a good punch, and if it's a loss, it's a loss. You get up, you move on, you focus on the big game Wednesday night. And if you win, holy guacamole. But this Heat game on Wednesday night, oh boy. I mean, the Heat are on a little bit of a downfall. They've lost four straight games. Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra kind of got into a, a fight during a timeout. They had to be separated. Haslam came over, was talking shit, all that stuff. And I'm sure everyone's seen that video. But P.J. Tucker, Tyler Hero, they're day-to-day right now. This team is physical. This team is good. This team can defend. Bam out of bio, so good. You know, who who's going to defend him? If Al's back, is it going to be Al? If it's Rob, is Rob going to be back? Who knows? Jimmy Butler, he can slow down Tatum. I'm not saying he can control him, but he can slow down Jason Tatum. Physical, good defender. Tatum will still get his, but it will be tough for sure. And, you know, Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the league. This is a must, 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 must win game for the Celtics, in my opinion. And I think they can. And it can kind of spread them apart a little bit from the heat. And then you just got to focus on your couple of remaining games. This is all about, it's not about beating the heat again. It's all about, how can I put this the right way? 
it's about creating a better situation for the playoffs going forward. And if you can separate yourself from a team, I love that. Now, this is going to be a hot take, but if the Heat shooters are going to get hot that night, like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry, oh boy. I mean, they're the night they have the nineteenth best defensive rating since the All Star break. I mean, offensive rating since the All Star break. Their defense is very, very good, but their offense is iffy, and it's all on that three point shooting. So keep that in mind. Also, this is going to be Tommy Heinsohn night at TD Garden, so it could be a very emotional night for Mike Gorman, for a lot of the people in the Celtics organization. Hopefully, the Celtics play well for Tommy and play well for themselves as well. The Pacers game on Friday at TD Garden at seven thirty. Like, if you lose this game, I swear to God, I'll be angry. Like, if you want to lose to the Heat, fine. you want to lose to the Raptors, fine. But at this point, with the way that the playoffs are setting up and the fact that you're going to have to play every single game this season and you're not going to get a lot of rest. And I understand Jason Tatum may not play tonight against the Toronto Raptors either. You know, he has a little bit of knee soreness, and if Jason Tatum needs a night off, God damn it, give him a night off. You can't give him a night off against the Heat. You, You just can't. But if you want to give him a night off against the Pacers, absolutely do it. But listen... Like, just don't let that Brissett guy go off again. Just play your game. Don't let them get to you. Play hard. Win. Show them why you're the better team. And then Sunday's game at TD Garden, 1 p.m. against the Wizards, the last home game of the last regular season home game. Oh, man. I mean, the Wizards could be eliminated by the uh, in the playoffs by that point. They stink. Just win the game. No wasting a lot of time on this preview. Continue the good habits and don't create any bad habits in these last couple games at home against the Pacers and the Wizards. But hey, that's it for episode 159 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is so cool that the Boston Celtics are in first place in the Eastern Conference. Let's see how long it lasts. I hope it lasts literally forever. All right? But thank you so much for listening. Again, another reminder, I'm going to be in New Orleans at the Final Four. I don't know when a podcast will be out next week. Most likely Wednesday. Who knows? I'll keep you posted. Thank you for your support as always. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at BannerBancher18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Podcast. And we will talk to you very, very soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.